0: Welcome to the College Commons Podcast, passionate perspectives from Judaism's leading thinkers. Brought to you by the Hebrew Union College Jewish Institute of Religion, America's first Jewish institution of higher learning. My name is Joshua Holo, Dean of HUC's Jack H. Skirball Campus in Los Angeles, and your host. Welcome to this edition of the College Commons Podcast. It's my distinct pleasure to welcome my friend and colleague, Rabbi Dalia Marks, who is the Aaron Pankin Professor of Liturgy and Midrash on the Jerusalem campus of the Hebrew Union College, one of our four campuses. And we're going to talk about some of uh, Professor Marx's uh, innovations in Reform Liturgy uh, here in Israel. Uh, Dalia, if I may call you that, uh, thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. So uh, we have a lot to talk about because you've been a part of a lot of thinking about um, uh, Israeli uh, liturgy, canon uh, in, in the Hebrew language, and but specifically for the Reform Movement, for liberal Judaism. Um, and I had the pleasure uh, during this trip to Israel uh, to actually Davin uh, Shacharit with uh, the, um, the the draft Siddur, the, the draft, draft, of the draft the uh, there you go right. right. and I want to ask you what what in your mind American Jews might not realize is so different about reform praying, not just liturgy, but reform praying in Israel mm-hmm. uh, as contrasted to the experience of praying. In a reform context in the United States or in the English speaking world?
1: Right. So I think for right from the get go, one of the innovations of the reform movement with regard to liturgy was uh, praying in the vernacular. Yes, uh, people tried to translate the Sidurim, and once you understand what you pray, you realize that there are some things you can't say, and right. then you revise no. it. In Israel, the situation is different because the holy language or the language of the uh, the prayer, the liturgy, is also the vernacular. This is the language we speak in the street. So there's no way we can really go around difficult uh, uh, matters and topics and and ideas and concepts in the Siddur. It's really in your face.
0: I have to interrupt you. Do you think that's why uh, uh, so-called secular Israeli Jews have for so long... Been completely resistant to any religion at all because they understand it too well.
1: Yeah, I think this is definitely one of the reasons. And, and as you said, you know, for for Israelis, non-orthodox or traditionalist uh, Jews, even entering a synagogue is a political act. It's a it's a very marked thing you do. So so uh, uh, so one of the things we try to do here is to to find a bridge between different segments of the Israeli society. Now, if you understand the Sidur, and you see that there are some things you can't really say, and, and really, is this what I want to say to God, to my community, to myself? This is this really what I want to say? So that, that, that's a problem. But on the other hand, I think we're much more traditionalist than our brothers and sisters in the diaspora because uh, the, the larger society that we are in, which is very segmented, it's either orthodox or very traditionalist or completely secular, um, so the seculars are suspicious about us because we are religious. And the Orthodox uh, you know, they are suspicious be- they toward us because we make all these changes. So so either way you go, we are uh, we are in a rare situation. There's a s- statement someone said, what, a professor, he said, I can't pray with the people I talk with and I can't talk with the people I pray with. So we're in a somewhat difficult situation, and the larger society is much more traditionally. So a lot of things you experiment uh, with in, in, in North America, gendered language of prayer, is much more demanded here because we see the the patriarchal or the sexist, if you will, nature of Jewish prayer. But on the other hand, uh, we operate in a much more traditionalist, traditionalist society. And Hebrew is, um, uh you know it's, it's a very gendered language there's yeah. nothing you can say that can can go around the gender language yeah. right
0: right right so it's in your face
1: it's really in your face but on the other hand the nice thing is that people are can can read the language can enjoy the wealth of sources from the biblical time, second temple medieval time you know modern text that are in right. Hebrew so you can really understand the profound meaning and and quality of of a lot of text and that that's a a big advantage for us
0: yes right it's a way in that we it just bores us in america if we don't (laughs) understand it and so we have to we have to kind of create bridges but you have them already
1: in a way to yes. the poetic
0: beauty of yes. the beauty. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And I think one one of the great uh, achievement of the Israeli literature uh, in the last uh, few generations is that it's very religious. I mean there's a profound religiosity in it. Not religious in the, you know, orthodox way, but there's right. a profound religiosity even in what you would call secular poetry. You know, right. Leah Goldberg was a secular woman in in you know, socially speaking, but if you read her poetry, it's very spiritual. She's really in, in a search for holiness in her life. And people can react to it.
0: And when your sources, your national, cultural, literary sources are also the sources of our religious civilization, mm-hmm. you get secular poets who quote the great sources Tanakh and, and Midrashim and yes. references to those things. Yes. So that there's a uh, there's a power there, a, right. a, a doubling
1: Yes, and educated people can really identify.
0: Yeah, right, it. they can right because they remember yes. it and they know. Yes. So continuing on this idea of the fact that you have this opportunity and this challenge. On the one hand, everything that the liturgy challenges almost any liberal person it challenges Israelis directly in their face. On the other hand, The entire richness of the Jewish experience, historically and liturgically and canonically, is at your disposal in ways that it's not um, as readily at our disposal. It's at our disposal, too, but we have to mediate it much more. Mm -hmm. On page two of the draft of the regular morning service, as opposed to Shabbat, um, you have uh, descriptors of God uh, and... Um, It seems to me that you've made a choice here to put the gendered challenge first and form uh, to put the gender challenge front and center Mm -hmm. rather than to go the traditional route. When you refer to the ways uh, that you can describe whom you're thanking when you thank God in the morning, the traditional prayer says, um, I thank you. Um, the everlasting and living god um, king. king who has uh, restored my soul to me with uh, grace. And uh, your, your, stand, your, your uh, reliability is great, mm-hmm. more or less. And then instead of saying just that, which is I give my thanks to you, the king everlasting and alive or living, you have all these other. So why don't you walk us through some of these other descriptors of God and the way that they're gendered?
1: Right. First, first, we need to acknowledge that this is not our innovation. It's uh, we borrowed some of these ideas from uh, Sidur Kol shama which is the American Reconstructionist Sidur yes. that was published already in the '90s. So it's not a completely new idea. But we realized that you know the first thing you liturgically say in the morning, and for me this is a very important prayer because when I wake up in the morning and I'm sometimes a little bit uh, disoriented, Broggy, I yeah. say these twelve words, and it kind of focuses me on on the new day, and it's. There's something very soothing about Modeo, Modani. Yeah. So, um, for a lot of people, the imagery of king, God as a king, as a ruler, is something that doesn't really work. You know, it's it's not something that operates in our world.
0: Even even if you understand that it's metaphorical, it,
1: exactly. So we we in, in in all of the brachot, all the baruchatah, the formula of blessings, we did not change it because we feel that there's a great value and volume in using this traditional language that our ancestors used. So we have baruchatah
0: as opposed right? to blessed art thou in feminine.
1: Sometimes we have that, but mostly mostly we have the the traditional language. But okay. here in this moderni which does not have the formula of blessing. It doesn't have Baruch atah. And therefore, according to the Halacha, you can even say it before washing of the hands, because from the Geonic era, era, from the medieval times, um, Rabbis were concerned with the purity of hands. Yes, that's right. Talmudic rabbis were not concerned about it, but later in the Geonic era, uh, you have to wash your hands first and say the blessing over the washing of the hands, and only then you can say, Baruch Atah Adonai. Um, So so in the Geonic era, era, we see that uh, the rabbis were concerned about saying, uttering the name of God, Adonai, when your hands are impure. Because the hands get impure in the night, you right. know. So you have to wash your hands. Say the bracha, and only then you can say baruch atah. Now modern is something that is traditionally recited while you're still in bed. You, you mean, right. Maybe even when your eyes are closed, when you just wake up, and and it is it is so because it, and and doesn't include the name of God. So here we thought this is this gives us a wide opportunity. To relate to God or to, divine, to the divine in, in different ways, in different metaphors. That some of them work for different people. And, and you, this is the you text felt that reading.
0: even within the bounds of tradition, you had flexibility.
1: Yes, yes. And you and you can see in front of you the page, uh, the traditional text is in a bigger font in black.
0: Right, the standard, yeah.
1: That's the standard text. And the, the revised text or the modern uh, name. Supplemental, yeah. Are in the smaller font and in blue.
0: It's, by the way, it's very beautiful on the page. Oh, thank it's it's you. very uh, effective. Thank you. It,
1: it was important to us to show the hierarchy between the different
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: here we had a big discussion in the uh, Sidur committee because some people said Leah Goldberg equals Chazal. Uh, right, right. And right. I said, Excuse me, I don't think so. I mean, maybe in. 200 years it would be so, but uh, a poem that I wrote uh, last night does not equal what right. my ancestors prayed for uh, fifteen centuries. century. Right. You know? It hasn't
0: been tested by the generations. Exactly. The...
1: So, the, the, so we wanted to show this difference between a supplementary, additional, uh, interpretational texts uh, that are in blue in smaller font and the, the normative, as I can call it, text, which is also changed according to our reform uh, guidelines. So here in, in this Modani. You have different imagery. So, mode, moda anil em mother of every living and existing being, or the well of every living and existing thing, or the spirit of everything. Uh, so, so we have different images of, of what God is, so people can relate uh, to the divine in in different ways.
0: And now, the so I just want to clarify: there's two. There's another reason why one might have done this which is to uh, illustrate, not, not to make it easier for you or me to connect with God, but to point out to you and me that God cannot be Describe. described or, or boxed in. Mm-hmm. to. Uh, and, and, and what you've done is you've reminded me that Melech is a metaphor, because even though if you ask me, is Melech a metaphor, obviously I would say king, I would say yes, it's a metaphor. But when you're in the middle of it, you're groggy. You're waking up in the morning. Your eyes aren't even open. You say, "You don't, you don't necessarily right. yeah. force yourself to think about it." Right,
1: that. right. That, that's true. You know, we 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 have to admit, we always, you know, in the reform movement, we talk about the kavanah, the importance of covenant. But when you pray, when you like, you know, when right. you're in a routine of prayer, you don't really. Oh, I mean, at least I don't have. Kavanaugh for each and every word I say mm-hmm. but if I repeat a certain text again and again and again in a way it becomes my inner language yes this, yeah. this is the glasses through which I look at the world right and this is what we try to do with this do I just want to tell you a little bit about the process if you if please please, uh, please. Of, of creating it um, so we are two editors it's it's me and uh, and and my co-editor is Rabbi Dr. Alona Lisitza who also teaches here at HUC uh, liturgy and, and Rabbinics. And we work together. Um, She's hired by uh, the IMPJ and Maram, which Maram is the equivalent of the CCR, this is the rabbinic organization. And I do it uh, voluntarily, so I, she gets to do all the hard work and yeah. stuff. <laughs> anyway, and we work with a committee. Um, Israel is not so big, but we realize that uh, dragging people from the north and from the south, it's difficult. So we have Zoom meetings uh, regularly, and then we meet in Maram in the uh, plenary meeting. We have we are luckier than the CCR because we get to meet every six weeks or so. Oh right, in small yeah. country. So we always have a. Um, uh, time frame where, where we can discuss issues with the Sidur, get the idea, the feedback of all the rabbis. We keep sending them um, drafts and they respond. We, we send drafts to the communities and we get the feedback from the communities. Uh, in the IMPJ, the Israeli Re- Reform Movement uh, Biennial, we expose it to people. My co-editor Alona goes to uh, communities again and again and again in order to teach them to hear a, from in, them. In a
0: much shorter time frame, you're able to respond and get data yeah. very quickly.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, in, in a way, we we emulate the process of, of what you have in in the, in, in North America with Mishkan Tfilah, uh, Mishkan Nefesh, uh, which is something that uh, uh, I know that, that it was very important to get the feedback from the from the ground from from communities. From the, yeah. And it's very different from what you hear in Germany, you know. Right, right. <laughs> in Germany, the is operates in a very different way. Two rabbis in a, in a closed room, right, right, right. not sending draft, nothing. They just send it to the printing press and that's it. Yeah. So it's a very different kind of uh, process. What yeah. you have here. Yeah. So democracy is great and diversity is even greater uh, and pluralism is wonderful. It's very painful sometimes because what you see in front of you is not the schedule that I would create for myself. Of course. Right. So everyone has to give it up a little bit. So, mm. so for my older colleagues... We are very radical, like extremely radicals. And for for my younger colleagues, especially my female colleagues, they think that I'm very traditionalist mm-hmm. when it comes to gender and everything. Because that, some rabbis say every time you have baruchatah, blessed are you, we need to have ruhaat in a family for. Mm-hmm. and we try to make it a little bit more um, nuanced. because the siddur in and of itself, by definition, is a is a is a is a conservative right. small case right. to see. Right. Thing, yeah. Of course. What you have in in special uh, prayer groups? What we it's not, a, it's not a prayer
0: sheet that you can print up the morning before. Exactly. And, right, exactly. Right. Right. That,
1: that's the process. So it, it it summarizes what happened in the last decade or two or whatever, and it's in a way predict what's going to be in the future. But it's not a cutting edge uh, innovation, uh, liturgy. And and the nice thing that we hear about Reform doing is that every Reform do is a draft for, the next, for one. the next one and I try to remind to myself this because one day someone's going to do to me what we did to our very very beloved and, and cherished Havodashi Bale, which is a previous Siddur that was printed in 1982 yeah. so it's already 40 years since they began working on it
0: Yeah, I think that could be said of American Sidurium as well but that, it's good to keep in mind I see the wisdom there Before we return to the podcast, we want to let you know about digital learning on the College Commons platform. Beyond this podcast, which is available to the public at large, check out the online courses at collegecommons.huc.edu for in-depth learning, digital syllabi, assignments, inspiration for teaching, and one of our most influential courses called Making Prayer Real. Subscribe with your synagogue for all this and more. Just click sign up at collegecommons.huc.edu. Oh, and one more thing. Help us out and rate us on iTunes. But whatever you do, do not give us five stars unless we deserve it. Now, back to our podcast. So I want to talk about... Uh, the, as we say in America, the Kaddish, as you say here, Kaddish, <laughs> because it holds a very, very uh, distinctive place in uh, the liturgy because of the way people rely on it and respond to it and recite it and relate to it. It um, It is not just the prayer for mourners. It is also the prayer that um, is the gate between the sections of tefillah. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to ask us to relate to it as the mourner's Kaddish, Kaddish. because that's the one that in America, uh, almost any Jew knows one way or the other, certainly is familiar with it. And um, it becomes a touchstone for the powerful moment of life when you're thinking of someone uh, you love who's dead. And so the Kaddish has um, almost talismanic power in in I think American Judaism writ large, and I think it has that power for a number of reasons. One of which is that we don't understand it, right. and it's it's in Aramaic as opposed to Hebrew, which for many Americans doesn't matter. But for many Americans, uh, for many other Americans, it's even a step far, further removed in their ability to decode some of it. And I think that when first of all, many see dream don't translate it. Mm-hmm. some of them summarize it and some translate it but mm-hmm. I think that what the Sirim are admitting is the fact that it's not about the content mm-hmm. it's about the rhythm mm-hmm. and that the the it's about the uh, context right. and it's about its power to be a salve a comfort for you for you and let's go back to the language mm-hmm. it's true that it's in Aramaic but it's not and it's not in Hebrew but surely, an Israeli on the street could understand—I don't know—85 percent of the words don't, in the Kaddish. Don't
1: put your money on it. No, no. And on the contrary, I would—I would, <clears throat> would argue that uh, for us, the Kaddish is one of the only texts that puts us in the same place as uh-huh. as, a, as a American Jews. Really? Right? Because people don't understand it. Yes, if you go—if you go grammatically, you know, okay, it gadal is, is the same as it gadal but yeah. it's, it looks. It looks foreign. It looks strange. Yeah. And a lot of people are like... is like a trolley. What trolley? What is a trolley we're talking about here? So people don't really understand it and and, and that's part of the magic. That's part of what you call the talismanic, the mantra-like nature of the Kaddish. So we did include it in Aramaic. Uh, Interestingly enough, in the previous Sidur, in Avodah Sheba they translated it and it was like one column in Aramaic, one column in Hebrew, and it didn't work. it didn't work people tried to read it in many communities in Hebrew didn't really? hold water no because people longed for yearned this, this, for this the yes, same reason yeah. exactly the same reason what we did here and that's I don't think you have in North America is we included two mourners Kadishim we have a, an Ashkenazic one that's mm-hmm. the standard in reform liturgy as we know the reform uh, movement as well as the conservative reconstructionist is an Ashkenazic phenomenon there's no way around it you know it's like it's, it's an ashkenazic european yeah. based f- phenomenon even things that happened started in the united states basically come from Ashkenazic people but in israel in is, israel we are in a very different situation where about half of the jewish population here is not ashkenazi either mixed or sephardi mizrahi yeah. oriental so uh, this is one of the places where people find it very strange, especially, it's, it's exactly because of the reasons that you put out. These are the texts that people know. This is what connects me with my, my uh, parents my or grandparents. grandparents. Yeah, and my, you know, yeah. This is what connects me with the generations, and I want to say it as I should say it. So we did include the Ashkenazic text, but also the Sephardic text. Now we have a problem, because the Sephardic text, or the, also the Sfar, the Hasidic text, includes one line that is very much in in, 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 uh, disagreement with our Reform uh,
0: theology.
1: the Messianic line. Exactly. My God uh, brings up His uh, salvation and brings near His Messiah. Now, what do we do? Do we include the Messiah here? We don't include Messiah in Reform liturgy, and we don't believe in a personal Messiah. We, We believe in a Messianic age. We don't include it, and then it's not a, it's not a Sephardic uh, text. So what do we do? Many, many hours of uh, arguing, and you can see in front of you how we decided to, to solve it. So we added one word, and that's Ketz Meshichet, the, the messianic era. Yes. Uh, but we added it in a different color. You notice it yeah, it's not. Yeah, gray,
0: it's grayed out a little bit.
1: Exactly. So we can see that it's not part of the original text. But that was our way to mitigate or to 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 make soften it, it a bit. Soften it the, the messianic message, but still include the, the the traditional Sephardic text. And of course, we also have a special kaddish on the next page. Uh, if you don't have a minyan, uh, a lot of people like it better than the, the yeah. traditional kaddish because it's very. Um, it's very nice the, to,
0: to recite the Kaddish uh, either for mourning or for any other function that it has in the Sidur um, it is grouped with a number of prayers that require mm-hmm. 10 adults mm-hmm. uh, a community presence it's not an individual and so if you are feeling mournful um, or you are indeed going to shul to mour- to to remember someone in a yard site for example but there's no minion or you're at home mm-hmm. this is an alternative right. for you to be yes. able to connect
1: yes and this is not a this doesn't have a talismanic uh, nature because it's not familiar it's not yeah it's not the same but it's, it contains phrases from the traditional Kaddish. And it also talks about the loss, the more... Yes, yeah, yeah. So, it's yeah. More so it's more specific.
0: Specific. some phrases from um, El Male I mean.
1: Right, that's true. And we also have a few Yudamichai and other uh, texts that are replacing it.
0: So, I want to go back to the messianic thing because um, the the one of the uh, innovations of Reform Judaism going back to its roots, certainly in America in the early twentieth, but maybe all the way back to the nineteenth century, is the resistance to the literal interpretation of a Messianic age being heralded by a specific individual who would be a the Messiah. And there's two reasons why Reformed Jews did this. One was to distinguish ourselves from Christianity, where the Messiah is Jesus, in addition to his other roles, and, and this was a good way to distinguish between them. But another reason that Reformed Judaism did this was for um in order to express a resistance to a kind of personalized um, salvation, which felt very non-rational and a little bit out there mm-hmm. and replacing it with a more abstract phenomenon of a messianic age, such as you quoted, or a some kind of human progress that would result in arriving at a better place.
1: Right.
0: So that's. That's for everyone to understand a little bit of where this is all coming from. I think that the
1: third thing, apart from the two things that you said and I agree with, uh, there's also, I think, a notion in Judaism that the Messiah will always boyavô. He will always, yeah, will come. He's
0: coming but never arriving. Exactly.
1: That's that's the thing. You know, you're always in a process. You always have to strive right. for social justice, that's for right. bettering the world, for tikkun olam, as we always uh, refer to it. It, it. This is our task. We are always in that direction. We are always you know, focusing on that. But we're never going to be there. I'll cite uh, a person who was mm-hmm. definitely not a Reformed Jew, Professor Ishaya Leibovitch. He says, mm-hmm. every Messiah that comes is a false messiah by definition by definition that's right the messiah cannot come Ca- the, the messiah cannot arrive the, can, the messiah can be
0: coming in the process yeah exactly right. it's like those pictures in those old books of like Mowgli or the jungle book where you would lead an elephant by putting a carrot on the end of a stick uh, and, the, <laughs> and the carrot always be in front of the elephant and guiding the elephant but the elephant would never get any closer. Right. And, and it's sort no, of... No, we, we
1: do... I think we do believe that we can be closer. We can arrive into, to, to better the world. We're not in a very good place right now. I think both in your country and mine but uh, but we do believe that we have a, 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 a responsibility and also an ability to, to do something in the world. It's yeah, not that's just the, an that, image that... You no, know, but the elephant
0: moves in the right direction. Oh,
1: gotcha. But he doesn't ever
0: actually get, get closer to the carrot. Got He's just you. the carrot. Yes. That's the Yeshayahu Lebovich. Uh, yes. uh, <laughs> it's my version of. So, right. uh, but I want to. I want to uh, observe something that I find striking. That um, that you and your editorial team felt the need to soften the very specific messianic phrase in the uh, Sephardic version. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing exactly what the Reform Movement did, which was to remove it a little bit from the figure of the individual Messiah towards the idea of a messianic age. Now, what strikes me about this is so curious, because the entire Kaddish is nothing but messianic. Mm-hmm. And and so a uh, phrase here or a phrase there, It's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to understand why it matters. But the the whole first paragraph is that the world to come should come now
1: right. which is an uh, an
0: aggressively messianic position request
1: yeah yes prayer, prayer. yeah prayer. yeah I, I think if you if you look in the you know the old day uh, even already in Germany the old day reform uh, um, prayers and and also sermons they were very very messianic yes you're they right they were very positively messianic I, so I think it's wrong to say that the reform movement is not about the messianic age it, it's it just.
0: It's Messianic, but not Messiah-oriented.
1: Yes, yes. By the way, this Ketz Meshichet, Messianic age, this word of two letters that we added here, is not our invention. It, it appears in Psalms' Hasidic Sidurim. So we ah. took a, a version that is already there, not in all the Sephardic Sidurim, but it, it's, it's something that we connect with, with text that's, that is already there. So you can, it, this is a good example of how you, you negotiate different powers when you come to create liturgy for a movement.
0: That, um, I want to say, go back to something you said you credited the uh, for Moderni, um the uh, Reconstructionist movement, which is very important for us to do because we have to recognize that the Reconstructionist movement in American Judaism has really been at the forefront mm-hmm. of, of, of this liturgical work and right. conscious, careful translation and word choice in Hebrew for the sake of their sidurim. They've been really leading the way amongst all of the American movements, and they deserve a lot of credit for that.
1: That's right, yeah. Yeah, there, there are many sources in this Siddur. We, we took a lot from our North American brothers and sisters. We took a lot from Israeli culture. It was important for us to be as inclusive as possible, so we took from the Geniza text that reflects the old Palestinian right, the old Eretz Israel right that disappeared Uh, somewhere in the 12th century with the crusaders uh, uh, invasion to to the land of Israel and uh, also the the Qumran sect uh, text so it was very very important for us to be as inclusive as possible Right. Also, toward the people of color and, and, and LGBTQ people, that was uh, one of our messages that everyone is welcome.
0: Everyone in, is, in is represented in our. Yes,
1: that that's our. And of course, a lot of people think there's not enough of this, and then. <laughs> <laughs> shocked, I'm shocked. <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> so, But but I'm curious about you. I want to know what happened to you as a Jew, as, as a person who's taking the time to connect with God. How did this. This work, I mean, you're in the middle of it, but up till now,
1: how has this work changed you and, and, and your Judaism? Wow, that's a big one. I, I, you know what I'm sure I, I'm not sure how should I answer you because I, I feel like you're talking with three people I don't know if you realize it you're sitting in front of one person but you actually talk with three people oh I'm the reform rabbi I'm the professor of liturgy and I'm a worshiper I'm a Jew that worships sometimes so I'm not sure which one is the, the worshiper the worshiper yeah so uh, for me I realized uh, that I need the keva I need the the, 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 the fixed prayer more than I thought so I thought of myself as a very uh-huh. creative person bring spontaneous me, spontaneous bring me Kavana I realized that in order to get to kavanah, to innermost intentionality and connection with myself and with God and with the community and with the entirety of Israel I need the flow you know don't surprise the me rhythms of- I need the rhythm I need I need the you know I know I need to know what comes after not so much in terms of music but in terms of text yeah I need yeah. to understand the structure. You know, I need I need to to sort of uh, lose myself to the process, and sometimes for us and I keep saying it to my students, you attended the, one of our services this morning, and um, they want to be very innovative, they want to be very interesting, they want to you know show how smart, you know, right, not right. no, not in a bad way, but they want to ch- show who they are and bring themselves, bring them.
0: themselves to the to the table, yeah. yeah,
1: and and sometimes it feels like you know. Um, well, where God is in this story, right. you know, where is the history of the Jewish people? What, what, what kind of respect do we have for the way Jews prayed throughout the generations? So I'm not saying, you know, there's no room for, a, for a innovation and for creativity. Definitely there is. But I, I think innovation and creativity functions and works if you know the traditional text. And of course, when I say the traditional text, there's not something as as, the the traditional text. As we
0: violate it, the traditional text. yes. yes. There's a deep philosophical thing you're picking up on, which is, um, and this is true of art and liturgy, anything in the world that purports to convey meaning and is inherited from one generation to the other, there are those of us who are conservative with a lowercase c who f- who love these things and to whom they speak as they are and part of us even if we're spontaneous and innovative and creative and and liberal leaders and changing and not afraid to part of us wants everybody to know it the way we know it not not because to to clone ourselves but because we we want the world to know that this amazing beautiful time tested um, thing of value and meaning stands on its own mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be mm-hmm. constantly mediated it doesn't mm-hmm. need to be um, what is the
1: theme of the prayer what is the right, know, what, right. like just pray the theme of the no, no, just read prayer. it read it right and and yes. and, and
0: and um I, I think you see this also with museums all the time great works of art and and, and museum people they suffer a lot over how much should the uh the the, right. the tag, the the, the, the signage, yeah. yeah. How much should it be date, you know, artist and country or should it be a paragraph? Right. And and some people think it doesn't need a paragraph. It's it's it speaks for itself. It's in the museum because it's already achieved that. But and, some people need that. And some people need it. And the question is whom who yeah. and, and so I think that's some of the tension yeah. that you're experiencing with That's uh, true.
1: That's true. I think there's something that is inherently embarrassing about standing in prayer
0: yes I agree there's something you
1: know you put yourself in a very vulnerable place you say things that are not unless
0: you were raised in a very 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 patently religious community all the time
1: right but if you but if you didn't you were not or you have this reflective thing you have this reflective uh, little monkey on your shoulder all the time that's uh, and I go, what am I doing? How do I look? And you see where we pray now? Our our Beit Knesset, our synagogue is being renovated, so we pray in the Moedon. People go by right. and look through the window, and yeah. it looks strange, and it's it's embarrassing. There's there's something that inherent it is inherently embarrassing about the situation. Of I prayer. agree, I agree. And I keep saying I keep saying to my students, okay, this is embarrassing, but let's be there for a second. Let's let's just allow ourselves to be there, not to talk about it all right. the time. Right. So some of the things our students do, they you know they give these lectures and you know they teach us stuff. And some of this is great. You know, right. we talk to me about it in lunchtime. Right, right. Let me pray when I pray. Let let's let's be there for a second, just a second. Just let let's immerse ourselves in this experience. This is not so obvious, I think.
0: I agree. It's not obvious at all. It's not easy either. It's right?
1: not easy, but let's do that. Let's. I mean, you know, how how can we really? see if it's working for us or not, if we always try to go around it and find ways to mitigate it and to to, uh, to bridge over this embarrassment. Let's be there for a minute. It's like love, right? It's like relationship yeah, you have a relationship between
0: people.
1: Intimate relationship between people. You have to be there for a minute yeah. and, and, and allow yourself to be to exposed. be vulnerable, exposed, vulnerable. that's right. And, and, uh, yeah. and I think we don't do that. That's I, why I prayer couldn't doesn't more. T- touch us because right. it's so... Cognitive and intellectual.
0: I think, frankly, reform the reform movement in its historical roots actually was embarrassed and played to the embarrassment as much as it played mm-hmm. to the solutions. It did both, like any movement. Mm-hmm. But but part of it was embarrassment about that that um, raw spiritual vulnerability. It had to be uh, it had to be rationalized effectively, which is one of the reasons they got rid of the personal Messiah.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I want to ask you one more question um, before we wrap up. Uh, I want you to tell me who resisted this product, this Sidur, and surprised you with their resistance, and who welcomed it and surprised you with their welcoming it.
1: So, I don't know if I was surprised, but I was... Well, to some extent, there was. Some of the older rabbis in in our movement here in in this country who, especially people who were involved with the previous Sidur Avodah Sheba that's already out there, as I said, for 40 years, they were not very happy about a lot of things, and every time we asked for you know for feedback, they kept saying, "Oh, it should be like Avodah it should be like that." So, alright, so, let's reprint Avodah Shemayel, and that's it. You know, add the mothers, uh, the yeah, matriarchs, right, right. Davida, and let's just do it. But that was not the feeling from the shetach, from the from the ground. We felt like there is a need to to rethink Jewish liturgy, Jewish reform, Israeli liturgy. Um, so, so I think I think people are coming on board now. But it took a while and a lot of uh, heartaches and. Um, um, what I found a very pleasant surprise is my younger colleagues and the students who are completely on board yeah. you know at the beginning of the year Talia who is the head of our Beit Midrash the Israeli rabbinic program uh, gave it to the people and said we're going to use this unless you, you want to use something else and that's it Baruch Sham Ravaya, Olam Blessed is uh, she who spoke and the world came to be so she, she brought the Siddur and since then we're using it and by using it you see all the problems that you have in here graphically or little mistakes that we have or things that we need to revise um but that, that's the best way to, to to try something to 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 reuse it again and again and again so our students were a great companion another interesting group is of uh, modern orthodox people who are true partners in that? Wow! And that was surprising, you know. People who come to our services occasionally, or people who we whom we meet on a friendly basis. Um, so there are a lot of really interesting things that are happening in Israel.
0: Well, thank you for the work, and uh, it was such a pleasure for me to participate.
1: Thank you for coming. Come again.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the College Commons Podcast available wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the College Commons website, collegecommons.huc.edu, where you can also stay tuned for future episodes.